You're listening to Sweet and Sour. I'm Hope Go. I'm Jane Lee. We are talking about women's issues, breaking barriers, and tackling taboos. Let's get chatting. So, Jane, this week we're hearing from a mother and a daughter team who speaks about a subject that I'm sure fills the hearts of many academically inclined families in Taiwan with a bit of discomfort. That's dyslexia. Yeah, I believe so. Um, this reminds me of a very famous Taiwanese singer, Jam Xiao, also known as Xiao Jingteng. And his condition, probably not a lot of people knew about it, but it was in in the press, in the news. And he was complaining about having dyslexia, how he was mistreated and misunderstood by most of his teachers and classmates, and they would make make fun of him. And even now, he's such a well-established and famous singer, he still struggled with dyslexia. Like this one time, he had to host a a uh, award ceremony or something, and he had to memorize the script, and he had a lot of trouble doing that. And he's he said he totally understand the problems that a lot of these kind of children would be facing with dyslexia. Jenny and Maddie Hayward have joined us today to share their experiences of dealing with and learning with dyslexia. And as an added bonus, mm -hmm. and because you asked me, I think it's very important that we bring in the point of view of an expert. So That's we have Lee Angus Wang, who is associate professor at the National Tsinghua University, who will tell us how Taiwan deals with this learning difference. Now, he didn't join us for the interview, but we've we have his voice coming in and out mm. as we're chatting, just to give some context to the oh, conversation. Oh, that's great. Okay. And I'm going to start with Jenny, who's going to explain how she first found out Maddie had it. Right. So Maddie was at a big international school in Taipei with a very um, fast-paced phonics program. And when she started that phonics program, she start, uh, within a few weeks, she started falling behind, according to them. And she wasn't keeping up with the rest of the class. So they started saying she needs learning support. So they put her out for learning support once a week. And after a few months of that, there wasn't really much progress at all. And the learning support specialist suggested that she might have dyslexia. So then we took her to the States to be assessed because strangely enough in Taipei, there's no one that can do it in English, this, the formal assessment for dyslexia. There are some people who can do it in Chinese, but not in English. So we had to travel all the way to the so U.S. So we travel all the way to the U.S. and we had her do the formal assessment, and it came out yes, she has dyslexia. And that was when she was six years old. She was five, going on six. So yeah, she was considered fairly early. Actually, in Taiwan's special education system, there is no such term dyslexia. Instead, the students with reading or writing difficulties are considered under the umbrella term of learning disabilities, which is the largest population of special education learners in Taiwan and globally. Approximately 80% of learning disabilities associated with some degree of reading or writing difficulties, and that could be considered as less than Taiwan. There are different kinds of the standardized measurements we could use to, to test their academic skills or reading-related reading abilities, which could be used to be a references for their identification of dyslexia. How does Taiwan's educational system support students with dyslexia so they are able to integrate into mainstream education? I think it's a little bit complicated. Um, in Taiwan, most of students with dyslexia or, or reading disabilities, as I mentioned before, are placed in the mainstream classrooms and educated 
there for the most of the time. So the role of special education in this regard is to serve as the indirect teaching, which means the special education teachers provide consultants to the general education teachers and help them to better instruct those with special educational needs, including dyslexia. Apart from the indirect teaching, another major service provided to those with dyslexia by special education teachers is the direct teaching. Usually we call that a poor out service in both Taiwan or Hong Kong. As we mentioned before, a student with dyslexia should have severe difficulties in their reading and writing. So in most of cases, they meet great difficulties in learning the content of the Chinese subject. So if that is the case, then this group of students would be pulled out to the resource classroom during their Chinese lessons. In the resource classroom, special education teachers will provide like a, a small group and more intensive and relatively tailor-made instructions to them. Okay, I'm a little bit curious because you've got children who are naturally slow readers anyway. Yes. What was the difference between being dyslexic and just being a slow reader? Yeah, so there's some children that actually they say you don't really need to worry until they're in third grade if they're not reading that well. But I'm not sure what it is the learning um, specialist support lady saw, but she just suggested that it's dyslexia. I think a lot of times when they see they're just not keeping up with the rest of the class, the same age group, they'll they'll suggest a couple things, and one of them is dyslexia. I don't know what exactly it was that she saw. Maybe it was the B and D reversal, but that's actually really common even up to grade three. So the thing with dyslexia is the earlier you do the intervention, the more successful it tends to be and the faster the intervention starts to work. So she said, "Let's we suggest just testing her as soon as possible. And I and luckily I listened to her. And so she got that early intervention a lot sooner than a lot of kids do. The thing with dyslexia is if you don't discover it early, no amount of regular phonics instruction is going to really help them. They need something called Orton-Gillingham, which is a more explicit, more structured phonics program. Maddie, what does it look like to you when you're trying to read? It looks like words are moving. Sometimes the sentence won't make sense, and then I'll have to read it over and over, and then I find what's wrong with it. Sometimes I have to reread it. But when you say the words are moving, what does it look like? Do they jump across the page? It looks like the sentences are going, like, moving. Just moving? Yeah, it looks like. Flying around, maybe? Yeah. Okay, Jane? Does that mean that you you cannot memorize vocabularies? Uh, I can memorize it. That was the funny thing. The learning support lady said her vocabulary was above average. So she underst- She loves words. She loves learning new words. She loves learning new vocabulary. But it's the spelling and then the reading of words. So a lot of dyslexics, they do really well listening to information. So their IQ generally is average or above average. It's not any, it has no link to IQ itself, but words will move around. And That's amazing, though, to think about words moving across a page. Yeah, it's like, it gets annoying. Uh, when you say, when Jenny says about phonics program, what does that mean? Um, a phonics program is when you have to study the way the words are pronounced. The vowel, sounds. consonant, combinations, and sounds. That would be just like popomorpho in, yeah. in yeah. Chinese. Phonetic. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So if you cannot, if you have trouble learning the phonics, then you would have trouble pronouncing it. 
Well, you have trouble reading it.、Mm. So translating in your brain the character representation into the correct sounds,、mm-hmm. and then those sounds together blending it into a word.、Mm-hmm. So you have trouble with that part.、Mm-hmm. But information can be presented not just on paper, right?、It、can be you can listen to it, you can watch a video, and so it's just kind of a quirk of history that so much of our information is text-based. But you know, dyslexics they can hear that information. And understand it very quickly. A lot of them. Have you tried learning、um, Chinese characters? I tried, but I failed.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you mean by you failed? You just didn't want to do it, or did it look confusing? I guess I was taught for two years, and then I gave up. Sometimes they will reverse the radical. For example, if if there is a character, a Chinese character combined by two radicals. For example, Qin Tian. This Qin Tian's Qin. So this. Characters combined by Ji and Qin. Ji is located at the left part of the, this character, while Qin is located at the right part of this character. And probably reverse these two parts. We have a, a phonetic radical and a semantic radical amongst one Chinese character. So they will probably、uh, misplace the location of the phonetic radical and semantic radical. I think one of the things when you discover your child has a learning difference or learning disability, you have to adjust your expectations and what your hopes were for the child originally. You know, when she was born, I was like, oh yeah, she's definitely going to be bilingual. Everybody is bilingual around me. But when I found out she was dyslexic and I read up on it, they say just focus on one language because it's hard enough for them. Just focus on one. And for her, we decided she needed to focus on English. And then hopefully, when she's a bit older, like now, she's starting to gain more interest in Chinese. We can go back to that, but we could no longer push the bilingual aspect of her education once we knew. Yeah. Okay, Maddie. What is the hardest thing you have to、uh, go through when you're trying to read a book? Um, spelling out big words. How big do the words have to be? Like nine, ten words. Ten,、uh, nine, ten letters. letters?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about letters? Which letters do you have the most problem with? D and B. But what about writing? Can you hand write? My spelling is bad, but I think my handwriting is pretty. What about typing? If if you are required to type up a, a paper or a report or even send a letter to a friend, can you do that? Easily? Yeah, I can do that because there's this like thing on Docs. Where it helps you spell it out. That's the thing with technology now. Dyslexia is not as difficult a disability or difference as before. If with spell check and assistive technology, you can speak, and it will type for you. And if you can get the spell, if you're typing, if you get the spelling like eighty percent there, spell check will catch it for you. So our goal is not for her to be the perfect speller. It's just to get it close enough that the technology can then pick it up. Jenny, how did you feel when you first found out Maddie had dyslexia? Was it was it a discouraging feeling for you, or was it was、yeah. it scary? What what happened? I'd say for two three days I was pretty low, really down, because the the picture of the future I had for her I thought was all ruined. I thought you know she's not gonna it's gonna be difficult her to for her to even function in school and all that. But it was it was so wrong when I look back now. And the person who pulled me out of that dark hole was another mother with. A child with a lot of learning differences, not just one. He has quite a few, and she just she kind of just slapped me in the face verbally. I was like, "Get over it!" You know, your daughter has dyslexia, which is probably the easiest learning difference or learning disability to work with. With early intervention, she can 
do anything. So, and now I don't even, we hardly ever think about it. What about math? Do you have a problem looking at numbers? Because I know I have problems with numbers. Everybody no. knows I have problems with numbers. <laughs> I have no problems with numbers. So you can get your threes, your eights, and your and your twos, and your fives. It's yeah. three, eight, and five. But my nines are terrible. What are you reading? I'm reading Percy Jackson, hmm. Harry Potter, The Hunger Games. That's yeah. really impressive. Is there a special thing that you need when you're reading your Percy Jacksons and your Harry Potters? Well, when I was like eight or nine, I had this thing where you can put that. It's like a highlighted ruler that's see-through. You can put it over the sentence and you can read it and you don't see the other words. It blocks out all the other sentences above and below. <laughs> your eyes are just on one line at a time. And that helps. Yeah doesn't look like it's moving everywhere. Because you don't have that ruler anymore. How do you teach yourself how to focus on the sentence you're looking at? I look at the, the capital letter, and then I look at the dots, the punctuation. Do you have to guess at the words in the middle, or you, you pick them out one at a time? I just like look through it, and then I don't think it's a problem for me when the words move around anymore, because I just focus on one sentence. You just have to train yourself to do it or something. It gets better. Do you think you, your reading speed is just like the other children of you, the same age, or you are s still slower? A little bit slower. It takes me like 10 minutes to read a page. But you absorb everything. You understand everything, right? Yeah. So it's not hard. It is hard. Is it hard mm. still? Yeah, for big, like, complicated words. But that's a problem that most children of any age would have. Yeah. When they bump into complicated words, right? Mm-hmm. And, th and the thing she does that a lot of other kids her age don't do is she'll look up those words that she doesn't know. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a special dictionary that you use or the same one that everyone else well, is using? Well, for, for my birthday, I got a Kindle. Mm -hmm. So then you can highlight, highlight the word that you don't know. It has Wikipedia on it. and tell you what it means. I can imagine it would have been difficult for Maddie to be reading and mm. to get the discipline, and to get the love of reading, right? Mm. Did you have to go through a struggle to get her to focus or to commit to picking up a book, reading mm. with it, you know? Because some children will, will bump into a problem and say, mm. right, I'm not doing this anymore. So she started out at the very beginning when she was in first grade, and she was, you know, having to do the weekly spelling test, and she wasn't doing well, and she was not keeping up, and she could tell. Then she was, she did kind of shy away from reading, but then when we moved her into a more progressive education, there was no forced reading and there was no weekly spelling test. And then slowly, we didn't have to do anything. She just developed her own love of reading. They ha at where she's going to school now, they have a drop everything and read time. I love that, yeah. So after recess for 30 minutes every day, they can read anything they want. It can be a magazine. It can be like a sales brochure. It can be anything, a cereal box. They can pick anything they want. And through that, they start off usually with really simple things, but they will p challenge themselves without any prompting to read harder and harder and more challenging novels. So she did that on her own. Mm -hmm. So the first book, first chapter book I read was Raw Doll, mm -hmm. The Tortoise Thing, S.E.O. Trot, and Willy Wonka's Factory. How did you feel when you finally got through your first book? Wow. Was it, did it feel like a major achievement? Yeah, satisfying. Very satisfying. 
You are listening to Jenny and Maddie Hayward, as well as National Tsinghua University Associate Professor Li Zhi Angus Wang. And that does it for this edition of Sweet and Sour. You can catch past and future episodes of Sweet and Sour on Spotify. Now, if this episode triggered thoughts and insights, or if you're interested in hearing us talk about other things, we'd like to hear from you. Drop us a line at sweetandsour.icrt.com.tw. Until next time.